Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to the O Show podcast presented by FantasyJocks.com with Jack and Declan O'Hara. Episode 15 entitled, What Are You Doing? What are you doing? On today's show, I welcome in Notre Dame baseball player Daniel Jung as we'll talk some Los Angeles Dodgers baseball. What he thought of his experience this past summer in the uh, California Collegiate League with the SoCal Catch. His expectations for himself and his teammates as he goes into his junior year at the University of Notre Dame. We'll also discuss why Daniel didn't almost attend uh, Notre Dame University and almost ended up quitting the game of baseball entirely. So stay tuned for that. Until then, let's get into why this episode is entitled, What Are You Doing? This episode is entitled, What Are You Doing? Because I'm going to get into the facts as to why certain events and things have been happening as of recent, the first coming in the form of the New York Yankees. The New York Yankees lost to the Toronto Blue Jays this afternoon by a score of 3-2, to two, and they lost the series two games to three. They also lost their previous series to a mediocre Minnesota Twins team that's already been eliminated from postseason contention. And now they've got the first place 103 winning Boston Red Sox coming into town on Tuesday. This is a must-series win if you're Aaron Boone and the New York Yankees because the Oakland A's have come within one game of the Yanks for that first wild-card spot in the AL, which means if the Yanks don't get something going soon, they could be playing the A's in Oakland come October 3rd. If you can't pull your heads out of your asses and string a couple of wins together, this team, could, who was considered a World Series favorite last December, could easily be the bust of the decade. Come on, boys. What are you doing? What are you doing? Now, another thing that's just come to my attention is that Buffalo Bills cornerback Vontae Davis decided, you know what? I quit. Retires from the NFL at halftime. What are you doing? What are you doing? What? I've never liked Vontae Davis. I also thought he was a me-type player, but that's just me. But now, the entire world knows it because he decided to walk out on his teammates and the Buffalo Bills organization at halftime. I don't think that's ever been done before. Here's Bills linebacker Lorenzo Alexander on the situation. Have you, have you seen anything like that in your NFL never career? Never seen it ever. Pop Warner, high school, college, pros, never heard of it, never seen it. And it's just completely disrespectful when to did, uh, his teammates. Did he say anything to you? Did, as he, a veteran? did he say anybody to anything? He didn't say nothing to nobody. He left? When did yeah, you, you know as much as I know. I know I found out going in the second half of the game. Uh, coming out, said he said he's not coming out. He retired. So, what? Wow, what are you doing? Mets third baseman and captain David Wright set to retire after the 2018 season after one final game on September 29th against the Miami Marlins at City Field. Mets fans get to pay their respects to their captain one last time. Mr. Wright and his bosses, Fred and Jeff Wilpon, had a press conference earlier in the week. 
Out of respect for him personally, professionally, and for our fans, we want to give him that opportunity. The decision has nothing to do with insurance or finances. It's about David's long-term health, his quality of life, and desire to get back on the field. Now, as sincere as that sounds from Jeff Wilpon about his franchise star, what you couldn't see in this audio was Jeff Wilpon giving his statement about the face of his franchise using flashcards. What are you doing? What are you doing? Flashcards? I don't think anybody is buying the fact that the Wilpons decided this because of Wright's health, more so because of the money that's involved. But to come out and publicly give this statement using flashcards? That definitely 100% proves that the only reason David Wright is retiring come September 29th is because you're too cheap to pay the remaining cash on his salary. Now, maybe David decided maybe it's time to go. He did say the doctors left him with no choice. He does have a family and two daughters. But the fact is that you couldn't go up there and say that you're doing this for the sake of Wright's health from the heart tells me and every Met fan out there that you don't care. You just don't care. This segment of What Are You Doing? What are you doing? Is brought to you by comedian Sebastian Maniscalco, the greatest comedian out there. Now it's time to welcome my guest at this time. He is the starting left fielder at the University of Notre Dame, led the university in doubles in 2018, was Perfect Games number 29 ranked prospect out of the state of California, and happens to be a huge Los Angeles Dodger fan. My guest at this time is none other than Daniel Jung. So this, this should only take like 10 minutes or so. I know you guys are busy over there in Notre Dame. Yeah, no worries. It's taking... This is like a good study break. <laughs> gotcha. So my first yeah. question actually has to do with Notre Dame. How was the Notre Dame-Michigan game the other uh, other week, last weekend? Notre Dame-Michigan game? Yeah. Oh, that, it was unbelievable. I mean, uh, this stadium, this whole campus was just electric. There were so many people, and I feel like it was definitely a well-played game, and... It definitely set the tone for our football team. Um, I feel like this was a uh, winner. This was going to, like, make or break, like, how our season would look. So, definitely a good game. Um, electric atmosphere in the stadium, as always. Um, it was just really cool. And so, one thing about Grand Canyon, we don't have a football team. We have to go to Arizona State, and even those games aren't that exciting. Although they're 2-0, they yeah. beat uh, – God, I forgot who they beat on Saturday, but it was an exciting game. Um, so, what are your expectations going into this uh, spring season for Notre Dame? Uh, for myself? Okay, for, for yourself and for the team. team. Yeah. I think for our team, um, our goal is uh, to win a national championship. Uh, I feel like at this level, if you're not competing for that, then there's no really, like, reason. There's no really other reason why you should be playing. Um, so for our team, our goals um, are to try to make it to Omaha and ultimately win a national championship. Um, individually, I would say, uh, just to keep progressing and developing as a player, um, I've definitely learned so many things my first two years here, and I feel like, this year, I'm put in a spot where um, 
I can be more of a leader on this team, and I just want to set a good example and just play hard uh, without any regrets. Um, those are kind of just like my goals uh, individually. So, yeah. All right. So I briefly remember parts of your uh, testimony over the summer because you were like one of the first that went. So it was like early June. Um, but you were talking about how like at one point that like I forget, like you either weren't going to go to Notre Dame or you were going to like quit baseball entirely. You don't have to like go into like the whole like personal like story about it, but like you just like touch up on like what happened there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this was like such a big turning point um, so early in my college career. Um, just after my freshman year, I came in as a freshman who thought I had it all figured out, um, thought I knew it all. And that kind of mindset early on uh, with our coaching staff uh, didn't allow me to grow in a lot of aspects of my life. And ultimately, because of my stubborn and arrogant attitude, um, it led to um, very unhealthy relationships with my teammates and my coaches, which ultimately made my baseball experience my freshman year um, that much more unenjoyable, um, which just led to, which led me to just hate every other aspect of my life here at Notre Dame my freshman year. Um, so everything that happened throughout the year just kind of led me to make a decision I didn't think I was going to make, and that was to just quit baseball in Notre Dame, and I didn't even know uh, whether I would return to Notre Dame for school. Um, the last thing I kind of wanted from Notre Dame is to just never step foot on this campus again, and that was just kind of where I was um, at the end of my freshman year. Okay, so you talked about your personal expectations for the season. What are your personal expectations for your like entire baseball career at this point? Do you want to go pro? Would you say that you're going to wrap it up after college? What's your uh, What's your goal? Um, my goal and a dream that I've always had growing up is to one day uh, make it to the major leagues. Um, I feel like um, if if that's not your goal. Ultimately, as a baseball player, then um, just like winning a national championship, then I don't think any other thing will really drive you. Um, so for me, uh, being a junior this year, obviously I'm draft eligible. Um, but I- I'd be lying if I, if I said um, I'm not thinking about the draft because I know very well that if I do have a good year, um, and God has plans for me after college baseball that that can definitely become a reality. But for me, all I'm worrying about is just being the best team player I can and just playing hard. And whatever happens in terms of draft or baseball after college, I'm just going to leave that up to God. All right. So every pregame over the summer, I basically had to write down information about all you guys just to have something to talk about since I was the only one there. Um, and on your profile page on the website, it said that one of your future goals would to be an MLB GM or MLB player agent. Is that the case? Yeah, it is. So, um, basically, yeah, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Um, so, basically, just, like, 
would that be your backup plan or is that your plan after playing in the pros? Yeah, so um, I'm studying business here at Notre Dame, and uh, something that I've always wanted to do after my playing days are over um, because for most of us, um, we're, we're lucky to even play after college. So my backup plan has always been to hopefully do something in the business world and stay in the game of baseball. And two, two kind of jobs that really interest me, I feel like I, I could do a pretty good job at is working in like a front office or um, being like an agent to uh, players. That's an awesome goal to have. Uh, so what, so th- I basically always ask people this question, what were your thoughts on the summer with the SoCal catch and the California Collegiate League? Um, man, I, this past summer was going to see one of the best summers of my life. Um, everything that uh, one of our team chaplain, Kevin Marshall, uh, the first day we met, he was like, everything that you think this team is going to be about, like, just kind of flush that down the toilet because God's going to, like, give you an experience that you didn't expect. And I feel like that's exactly what I got this summer. Um, just an unbelievable experience of growth um, as a Christian. Um, just being able to meet so many big guys, bond with awesome coaches, and just play baseball in Southern California. Um, there was nothing really much you could, nothing much you could like ask for. So with that being said, what was your favorite and or most memorable moment of the summer? Um, I would say. My favorite moment for sure was me. Um, sure, I'm already blanking, but when I think it was when we up, when we went up to slow and we just had so many problems with our bus. Um, also, I would say the slow trip and the Guildford trip, just those two road trips where we had a lot of things going against us. Um, we didn't really play the best. Um, but it was just a really good time to just bond with the other guys and just grow um, in a lot of ways with them. Yeah, I mean, I remember that uh, slow trip. I was in that back corner when the two wheels fell off and just t- completely yeah. totaled that car on the other side of the freeway. I was sitting right next to Neil. We're like, what the hell just happened? That's obviously, yeah. like, the most memorable moment I had there. <laughs> And again, with, like, the Healdsburg trip, we were supposed to leave at, like, 4.45 in the morning and didn't end up leaving, like, till like, 12 hours later. So we definitely had a lot of obstacles over the summer, especially for you guys. Basically, all we did was watch. Um, Favorite teammate over the summer? I know that's a hard one. Ooh, that is a hard one. Um, Because there's just so many guys that... um, I feel like I've been able to grow close to and I'll continue to keep in touch with as much as possible. Um, I would say my favorite teammate was Miggy, Miguel Abascal. Uh, he, he, from the first day, um, like he just, we just decided to be throwing partners and uh, for the whole summer we threw and was able to 
just get to know each other a lot more, um, grow spiritually, um, help each other baseball-wise, and um, I feel like I was able to just meet like like a good brother in Christ and just a good friend overall. Yeah, I definitely like Miggy. Self uh, self uh, can't even speak. Self proclaimed uh, nicest player on the team. That was his nickname. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you said you're a big Dodger fan. Let's talk Dodger baseball. Yasiel Puig, four home runs in a 24-hour span the last two days. They won yesterday 17-4. to I didn't see today's game, but how are you feeling about your Dodgers? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, these last, like, 15 or so games, uh, the bats are coming hot, and uh, I'm just hoping that they can win the division and just make another run because last year was just, um, just gut-wrenching. Um, to watch them, but also really fun. So just hoping that we can make another run this year. Yeah, I remember. I'm a big Yankee fan. Lost to the Astros in Game Seven of the ALCS last year, and my roommate's a Dodger fan. And I wouldn't. I don't think I said a word that night. They lost. He's just laughing at me the entire time. I'm like, I'm like, I hope the Dodgers go to Game Seven with the Astros, and we'll see how you feel. He's like, don't wish that upon me, man. And then they did, and then they lost. So, um, so. <laughs> Here's a here's a question for you. Given that Manny Machado is a free agent after the year you guys got him at the All Star break, if you were Magic yeah. Johnson, so if you were Magic Johnson with Corey Seager returning at shortstop next year, do you sign Manny Machado in the off season? Um, I would say no, um, just because I feel like Corey Seager um, is. Is right at, or maybe just below um, the level that Manny's playing at, and I feel like Corey Seager um, brings like the same, or if not more, impact to the Dodger team. And um, if I were to pick, I'd, I'd have Corey Seager over Manny Machado. Um, might be a little biased, but um, I, I don't think the Dodgers re-sign him. So what about this? What if Clayton Kershaw opts out of his deal and goes elsewhere? or goes elsewhere, then do you sign Machado? Um, Just to balance that out? I would, I would still say no. Um, I think I think the Dodgers would um, try to maybe pick up an outfielder um, or some or other starting pitching if that would happen. Um, but I don't, I don't see the Dodgers re-signing Manny. Yeah, he's probably going to go to the Yankees anyway. Uh, favorite? So, <laughs> in your lifetime, what was your favorite moment as a Dodgers fan? As a Dodgers fan? Um, man, I would say just this past World Series, um, that was the first World Series that I was able to experience in my lifetime. And... I think just this past postseason, I've never been so like proud to be a Dodger fan, especially here at Notre Dame, where um, there's a lot of Cubs fans and also a lot of bandwagon Cubs fans. So just watching the Dodgers beat them last year and being like the only Dodger fan in my whole dorm was pretty fun. All right, so last question for you, just to end on like a good note here. So. Your grandfather obviously came to all the games over the summer, was always bragging about you, very proud grandfather. How 
Um, how would you say your family has impacted your life and as well as your baseball career? Oh, wow. Um, my family has just meant, like, so much. Um, I honestly, without them, like, I don't think I would be um, who I am or where I'm at today. Um, there's just so many people in my family uh, that I can credit my success to. Uh, my dad just... Um, when we first started playing baseball, just not knowing anything, just him willing to take me to the park and practice um, consistently every day, um, always reminding me that it's not where you start, but kind of like the process you take and remembering that like slow and steady wins the race. Um, uh, I think he instilled that uh, continued hard work with uh, the most important thing um, to achieving your goals in the future. Um, so my dad was a huge part of my development as a player. Um, my mom is always supporting uh, me, my brother, and my sister, um, just feeding us, making sure that uh, we were healthy, um, taking us to all our games, our rides, and stuff like that. So my mom was a huge, huge uh, factor in developing me into the person I am today and uh, you mentioned my grandparents I would say I would argue without my grandparents I, I wouldn't know if playing baseball would even be possible um, I think my, my grandma and my grandpa has made almost every single game when I was playing travel ball uh, from 13 to when I graduated high school um, they 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 provided so many rides when my parents were busy and um, was able to take me to different games and other opportunities to help develop uh, myself as a player. And I, I honestly wouldn't know if I played baseball without them. I'm just so thankful uh, for them and their continued support. Um, and it was just really awesome being able have all my whole family um, just watched so many of my games this summer. It really meant a lot. Yeah, that's awesome, Dan. So thanks for coming on. That's all I got for you. Um, yeah. I wish you thanks, luck. Jack. Wish you luck in your future endeavors in baseball. Get back to studying and stay in touch. Yeah, well, dude. Yeah, for sure, Jack. Awesome. Thanks, hey, man. You have a great semester. You too. Keep in touch, man. I always enjoy talking to Dan Jung. You know, he said that Miguel Abascal was the nicest player on the team. I think Daniel Jung was probably one of the nicest players on the team. Always had that chip on his shoulder to get better. Hit, I don't know, four or five home runs during the season. Gave me a lot of bartender jack calls. So it was great calling his game. Great teammate. Great all-around friend. So it was good having him on the show. Talk some Dodger baseball. His career in baseball. How he almost quit uh, baseball at Notre Dame. Just because he said, because of his attitude going into it. Obviously, that has changed over the past couple of years. And I for sure wish him the best of luck this upcoming 2019 season at the University of Notre Dame. Now on to other news. We talked a little bit about some of the weird-ass things that have happened recently in baseball. Let's get into the wrestling side of this show. WWE Hell in a Cell took place tonight. 
in San Antonio, Texas. Main event was Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman for the Universal Championship. The Shield getting involved as well as McIntyre and Ziggler. And a very, very surprise return happening tonight at Hell in a Cell. You're going to want to hear this for you uh, pro wrestling fans out there. I wouldn't call it a stale main event. It wasn't a fast main event between Reigns and Strowman McFoley as the special guest referee didn't help. Apparently, he couldn't take any bumps or bruises, just had hip surgery. Um, yeah, because it's kind of slow. They did throw each other through some tables, and then Ziggler and McIntyre tried to get into the cell before Ambrose and Rollins came out. They climbed to the top of the cell, did battle up there before Ziggler and Rollins fell off halfway up. I guess they were climbing down it at the time, and I guess Rollins headbutted Ziggler. They both fell off. Cool moment there, and then boom, Brock Lesnar's music hits. The crowd in San Antonio for the first time in a while erupts when they hear Lesnar's music. This might be his first non-advertised appearance in WWE since he returned back in 2012. So he emerges with Paul Heyman, tries to get through the cell, can't get it open, or the referee wouldn't open it, I guess. So Lesnar kicked the door down himself, got another huge pop for that, jumped in the ring, F5s both Reigns and Strowman after beating them with an already broken table piece, and then leaves. Everybody's all splattered all over the ring, referee calls for a bell. The match ends in a no contest. Great booking on Vince's part. Great booking on having Lesnar there to shock everybody. I I honestly didn't think he was going to be there. Michael Cole even reiterated. Vince probably told him, Michael, tell everybody that uh, Brock, like nobody expected Brock to be there. And then, of course, he says it, Brock Lesnar, nobody expected him to be here. Paul Heyman actually sprayed, pepper sprayed uh, McFoley. So I guess that's kind of a bump that he took. And that's how the show ended. A lot of people say it was a bad ending. I say that was a great ending. A nice surprise there to see Lesnar. I thought he was off training for his fight with Daniel Cormier down the road in UFC. Appears now. Looks like he's going to try and do both with WWE and UFC. That could lead to a triple threat between Lesnar, Reigns, and Strowman possibly at Survivor Series. They already have an advertised match with the Shield versus Strowman, Ziggler, and McIntyre for the Super Showdown show in uh, Melbourne, Australia, where Triple H will take on the Undertaker with Shawn Michaels involved some way, somehow. Maybe he'll be the special guest referee. Who knows? All we know is that this... Uh, storyline is going to result in the return to the ring for the Heartbreak Kid Hall of Famer Shawn Michaels. So we'll get to see Shawn Michaels in a few marquee matchups heading towards WrestleMania 35 in East Rutherford, New Jersey. We'll probably see Triple H and Shawn Michaels to team up. DX reunites against uh, The Undertaker and Kane, the Brothers of Destruction, possibly at the next Saudi Arabia show in Jeddah or possibly even at Survivor Series. Who knows? Um, All we know is that we're probably going to get The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 35. And hopefully after that, Shawn Michaels comes back as a hard-timer, maybe to face the likes of AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, Daniel Bryan. A lot of dream matches could take place over the next few months. So WWE giving its fans a lot to look forward to. Raw has been amazing. On Okay, not amazing, but it's been better the last few weeks with the Shield and Strowman rivalry. Lesnar being back in the mist should 
or back in the mix should make things interesting. So we'll see where WWE takes it from here. Again, Hell in a Cell tonight. Randy Orton versus Jeff Hardy inside the cell. Great match. Jeff Hardy pulling off numerous stunts. Uh, was hanging from the top of the cell. Slammed through a table after Orton got out of the way. That was the final moment of the match. Orton pinning Hardy for the win. Uh, Miz and Maurice defeating Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella. That's the second time the Miz has beaten Bryan in a match in as many pay-per-views. So... Hopefully we get to see a Miz or maybe Team Miz versus Team Brian at Survivor Series or maybe a final clash between the two. We'll see how long this rivalry goes. It's obviously one of the most interesting rivalries uh, storyline-wise the WWE has had in years. So that'll be interesting. AJ Styles retaining retaining the WWE Championship against Samoa Joe tonight after Samoa Joe catches Styles in the Kokita Clutch, tries to put him to sleep. Styles rolls on his back to pin Samoa Joe. Joe thinks he's getting Styles to go to sleep while the referee's counting the 1-2-3. Styles then taps after the bell rings after the 1-2-3. Samoa Joe thinks he wins the match. That is until Greg Hamilton, the uh, public ring announcer, said, and still WWE champion AJ Styles. So Joe goes irate. Styles kicks him in the back of the head, knocks him out, and leaves the ring. A rivalry is probably far from over. Actually, Joe got his rematch from Paige. During the show after the match, he gets his rematch at uh, the Super Showdown show in Melbourne, Australia. And those were basically the highlights from the pay-per-view tonight. So that'll wrap up our show this week entitled, What Are You Doing? Um, The O Show is presented by FantasyJocks.com. Remember, free shipping, one-day shipping. Get all your fantasy gear today. You got belts, rings, trophies, and all types of Lombardi trophy styles. Stickers, even, if you're into that. Uh, Be a champ today. Hit it, Darius. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.